Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today in this awesome podcast, we are going to talk about uh, working in different mediums. We're also going to talk about how to balance and promote and label your art when putting yourself out there. And we're going to discuss how to confront the perception that certain mediums um that they're considered a craft instead of a, an art. Right, right, right. Um, some of the, uh, let me let me rephrase that. Some of the ridiculous perceptions that people have out there of different medium that you use and the fact that it, oh, well, that's not art and that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And in addition to that, we're also going to cover, uh, is it okay to trace? Yeah. Um, and is it okay to hijack a style that you like? Exactly. Uh, while you're developing your voice, if you will. Yeah, while you're developing your voice. I think a lot of uh a lot of artists have this idea that like you just come into it and that's it. You have your style and that's it. They don't understand that they it is an evolution of things that we like. You know, when we look out at the world and look at the artwork that's around us. There are certain things that inspire us from that. So, yeah, we're definitely going to cover that in a little bit. For everybody that's listening to this, we have our amazing Rogue family here. They're leaving their comments with us. And so they're here. We're going to be commenting. Uh, nope. We're going to be reading their comments. We're going to be reading their questions. comments. Questions. And they're going to be chiming in with their amazing perspective on this whole thing. Uh, Cruz says hi. Hi, Cruz. Christine said happy Monday. Excited for this topic. Yes. Me too, Christine. Extempore said style comes from creating a lot. And yes. hello, everyone. <laughs> Agreed and hello. So, when, okay. So, the first thing I want to talk about is working in different mediums, uh -huh. right? Um, because Esther had a question about that. Like, when you're working in different mediums and how to put it out there, basically. Yeah, which is awesome because almost all of us do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As creatives, the thing about it is that like a lot of, I, I honestly don't know where the perception came from, where people will tell you to stick to one art, right? Because every, every great master and famous artist that we know did multiple mediums. Yeah. Michelangelo did sculptures and he also did paintings. Uh, da Vinci did sketches and paintings and, and models and, and sculptures. Uh, Picasso did everything, all kinds of everything. Matisse did all kinds of things. Like it does not make sense to me when people will tell an artist that like, you need to stick to one thing. And well, honestly, if I'm being honest, and this is just my opinion, I think that it's marketing people that came up with that idea because in their reality, it's easier to market a, a thing if it's just one thing Yeah. Um, rather than branding yourself you're branding one thing yeah it's simplified and that's right? what they're and that's what they're used to that's one of the reasons that you know you guys know from the rogue artist survival guide or the marketing book that i am in an all-out war with any of these marketing artist marketing mentors that are like trying to get artists to market their artwork the same way that you would a product right? Like a, just a regular product, because mm -hmm. that's where that comes in. Like you're going to want to put your focus on one thing. You're going to want to promote yourself as that one thing. So essentially the artist, they become their product that becomes their brand yeah. versus the artist themselves being the brand and anything that they create. 
well, if that's true, these marketing gurus should let the toothpaste companies know because you go into the toothpaste aisle and there's like a hundred different variations <laughs> of toothpaste that all essentially do the same thing. So clearly no one's following yeah, this marketing Yeah, rule. exactly. Jen just said, how's the saying go? Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Using different mediums does that too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Jenny said, heck yeah, I, uh, I ha- copied Diego Rivera. And proud of it. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing, like when it comes down to it, every, that's the other thing that they forget is that like a lot of artists learn their style from copying other artists or apprenticing under other artists. That's, that's basically how that works. And what you do is you look at art as artists, at least I'm going to talk from my perspective and you guys let me know if you agree with this. As an artist, when I see a work of art that I love, that I absolutely love, there's something about it that stands out to me. It could be the way that the marks are put down. It could be the texture. It could be the colors that were used, the combination Mm -hmm. of colors. It could be a number of things that really causes me to gravitate to the work. Chances are in the next work that I do, there is going to be some elements of that in there. Yeah. You know, and when I first got started, a lot of it was just copying Cop trying to copy, trying to get my artwork as close to me too. Something that that I looked at and that I loved. At no point in time was I claiming like I came up with this, you know, thing. It was like, no, this is a piece that I did, and it's based on such and such piece. Totally. When I first started, I was trying to learn techniques that I found fascinating. They weren't techniques I invented, but I eventually took those techniques and did my own thing with them. But even still. I was practicing techniques that I was interested in. Right. Uh, Samson says it makes it easier for them to pigeonhole us, critics and gallery. Yes, indeed. You know, because I mean, really, when it comes down to it, and, and that's the unfortunate thing, right? A lot of artists that are not in the game, right? They're not out there creating their art or putting it out there and stuff. We have to follow a lot of the rhetoric or we think that we have to follow a lot of the rhetoric that comes with um, that that is out in the art world. So the one of the first things is like I and a lot of artists struggle with this. What do I label myself? Am I am I an oil painter? Am I uh you know acrylic? Am I a sculptor? Am I this? Am I that? Like what am I? Because that will make it easier for people to identify what kind of art I do. Is it figurative? Is it abstract? Is it this? And so like there's all these labels to try and pinpoint what the artwork is Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that essentially other than the fact that it can be very restricting if you are only labeling yourself as one thing that begs the question also what happened to and what is wrong with simply saying artist um i feel like all the old masters they were artists i mean it didn't really matter what medium they were working in. Exactly. Exactly. Chris said Dali did lots of, yeah, Dali did sculptures, paintings. Um, he did, uh, what, what is that called when uh, it's not found art, but it's, um, oh, I forget the movement. It's basically the, the urinal. Um, oh, sure. Where it's uh, not made to order. I, I'm, I'm losing it, but it's the, it's basically where you already have something it's ready-made art. Yeah. Ready-made art yeah. where you're basically looking at something and you're changing one aspect of it, even if it's just perspective so that people look at it differently. That's where the, you know, the glove falling on the museum floor right. comes in. Extempore added same message though, lobster phone. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. We can talk about that right now. So in my mind, 
you can work in any medium you want to. And the glue that binds it all together is you. So essentially, if you can start looking at you as the, the, as the brand, right? Yeah. You and what you're about and what you stand for and who you are and how you put that into the world, then that's kind of the binding that holds all of your work together, even if it is vastly diverse. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing, like you, your art is interesting. Your art is cohesive, whatever it is that you create because of you. A lot of artists struggle with that. They want to create uh, cohesive works. But the fact of the matter is that if you're being true to the art that you're creating and you're creating it for yourself and you're creating what you like and what you want to express, no matter if it's a sculpture, a sketch, a painting, a piece of music, whatever it is, it is all going to stand out as a part of you. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest experiences that I've had throughout my art career is that I'll have people see a work of art that is mine and then later comment and say, Oh, I totally knew that was a Rafi yep. because I have strived to make me my brand, you know, and a lot of people get turned off by the word brand because of marketing and all that crap. There's so much crap out there when it comes to basically all that means is you, you are the glue, just like Clee said that, that expresses everything that you do Mm -hmm. is to express yourself and thus Everything that you do is part of your brand, which ultimately is you. You are your brand. And let me be clear, too, that applies to all of us who are still finding our voice. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're still figuring out your style, your technique, what you really like and honing in on that you still shine through in your work. Christine said, I struggled with this for some time. Not that I like labels, but I finally labeled myself as a multimedia artist. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I owe anyone an explanation now. Yes, I feel you, Christine. And that's kind of what I landed on too, is multimedia. I did the same thing. I actually called myself a multimedium artist, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Just to like throw people off because some people are used to hearing multimedia. And I say, no, 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 not multimedia. I am a multimedium artist artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, cause I like messing with people. If you look at it this way, each work of art, everything you create is a page in the book that is you, but the book has a story and a narrative and a theme. And yeah. every day you're figuring out what that story is. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Nanu said, I saw this video on YouTube and it was all about perspective. And then it switched to a right and wrong way to do art. Ugh. They ended with a plug for their art school. And I was, and I was not, not amused. Am- yeah. And that's the problem is that most times, unfortunately, there's a lot of there's a lot of really authentic people on YouTube, uh, artists that are out there putting themselves out there. And that's fantastic. There's a lot of information on art that at the end of the day, they are trying to sell you something, whether they're trying to sell you art courses, whether they're trying to sell you art marketing courses, whatever it is like that. If there is a plug at the end of the video, which usually there is, I shouldn't say usually there is, but sometimes there is, then you do have to be skeptical of the information that's on there. And honestly, like with a lot of it, kind of like what what Samson said, that they want to label you because in that sense, they're going to control you. The same thing goes for art schools. The same thing goes for art critics, art music. Well, what kind of artists are you? Well, you know, I do, I'm, I'm a multimedia artist. Well, what, what, what uh, mediums primarily do you work in? All of them, you mm-hmm. know, 
Well, you know, that's one of the reasons that it would annoy me when artists would there. There were a few artists uh, a while back that were like, you know, you should be working in oils because that's the real. And, you know, obviously I did several videos on that perspective. I don't have anything against oils. I've used oils, but don't tell me what kind of art, what kind of art I should create or what materials I should use in my art. Like, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Everyone has an opinion and their opinion really is to just justify the way that they see it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like somebody's going to say, well, that's not that that medium, that's not real art. That's that's more of a craft. They're not saying it because it's the truth. They're saying it because it justifies them feeling like an artist and why they possibly have avoided doing that thing that maybe they really want to do. Karen said uh, she does a little bit of everything. Um, and not done experimenting either. Yeah, no, exactly. We we never, we never get it done. Jen just said, what's your medium? Yes. (laughs) 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 I am an artiste. Said Ginger. Yeah. That is, yeah. Dadaism. Oh yeah. Yep. Exactly. I mean, that's the beauty of it, man, is that the expression of art yesterday, we had a zoom call with, with Tempest and we were talking about the artist that put together an exhibition and basically had no art. He just had tags up there mm-hmm. um, describing the art that he would have brought. And then there was another artist that did an exhibition where instead of tags, they had uh, pieces of paper up that described their insecurities on why they didn't finish the work. Yeah. Instead of the work being present, it was sheets that said like, well, I didn't create this one because the composition wasn't quite right. And I didn't finish this one because I felt really insecure about the subject matter. And so the, in place of the art were all these excuses. And, yeah, and, and it, it was a sensation. People it was a, it. Well, it was brilliant. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant display, a brilliant collection of art, even though technically you could say that that's not art. There are so many things that are art that anybody could just justify and say that it's not art Mm -hmm. you know essentially even when you're looking at a painting well that's just a bunch of like rock pigment with uh with acrylic or with oil that you threw on a piece of canvas like you could literally break things down and say that it's not art oh definitely you know and that's that's what it comes down you know you write a book or you, t- you say some kind of speech or you have some kind of poetry or a song or anything. Oh, well, those are just utterances of sound. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but art is something else completely. So to be able to label it a craft or this, well, this is real art. This is not real art. This is insider art. This is outsider art. This is this kind of art. This is that kind of art. And it's like, really, when it comes down to it, it's art and we are artists. Simple as that. Doesn't matter what it is. If you are creating something, then it is it is a work of art that you created. In my world, art is so closely intertwined with philosophy that the two are almost indistinguishable yeah. Yeah. for me. Um, and so, uh, what you know, you could even say, "Well, I'm a philosopher," but you know, all all my stuff is done in musical notes or yeah. paint or ink, yeah, or whatever. Exactly. I mean, and and it's funny because it's the same arguments back and forth Mm -hmm. with with philosophy. Like, well, is this right? That's not right. This, you know, well, this philosopher was blah, 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 blah. You know, you want to follow the the Socratic method when you were dealing with whatever. Well, he wasn't really a philosopher because his belief system didn't fit in with. Oh, yeah. People will argue till the end of time about that. Yeah. And, you know, like Plato, Plato hated poets and and artists. (laughs) It's it's hilarious. Samson said, I love making art history 
historical references in my work, should have seen the eight foot by four and a half foot sculpture of a Jackson Pollock artist trapped in the work, College UT, Texas. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. I get the, is it oils, said extempore. Oh, it looks like oils. I would have preferred oils only because people think oils is the top of all mediums. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? They need to be re-educated on that. They really do. It's yeah. it's the oldest medium, but I'll, I guarantee you that if back in the day, the old masters had access to acrylics, they would have learned. It's just two different mediums. It's two different styles, two different ways of painting. Oil is very... Um, oil is not as harsh as acrylic in as far as drying times, right? It's, it's a little bit easier on you as an artist to be able to come in and do some things. It gives you time to breathe. It gives you time to think. However, acrylics is for the fast pace. You know, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I love acrylics on certain pieces, but then there are other works of art that I will definitely go with the oil because because of the timing issue. And they're two different mediums that behave completely different. To compare the two is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're two different mediums. And you know what? Oil isn't the oldest medium. Carving stuff into rock That's is the true. oldest medium. <laughs> and can you imagine if the art world was like, nothing is art unless it's carved in stone? <laughs> Plain and simple. End of story. We would all have a lot of hard work. Extempore to- said, I'm on page 105 of the book. Can you tell? I love it. Extempore. <laughs> that's great. Singer so- Sergeant, who did oil, charcoal, and watercolor. Indeed. Rachel. Indeed, Rachel. Yeah. Hi, Ella. Ella said, it just popped in. I think you should be able to work any medium, especially if you need multiple revenue streams to financially survive. I do pyrography, chalk drawings, product photography, graphic design, etc. It's under one business name. Yeah, let's talk about the reality of yeah. being a um, either a full or part-time working artist in today's modern age. Um, and like Ella says, you know, that's fine if you only want to do one thing, but for most of us, we're monetizing our skill sets. Yeah, That's exactly. the other end of the stick, right? Exactly. You're monetizing your skill sets. I mean, I think about, okay, so what, let's say a, a, a more modern artist that was alive during our time, like uh, Gihard Richter. Gihard Richter, yeah. yeah. Um, so he didn't work in one medium. When you take a look at his retrospective for his life, mm-hmm. like we're talking about several different styles and several different mediums and several different ways of approaching his art. Um, and that, the, that's the truth with every artist. You mm-hmm. look at Banksy, Banksy doesn't just do street art. He does sculptures. He does, you know, at one point he did an entire amusement park. Well, that's what makes a body of work interesting. And here's the thing too. That's what makes a human being interesting. And I think that's like the biggest simple, stupid missing piece, right? Just like people get all um, bent out of shape when someone they know changes or evolves. Some people, I right, should say. Right, where some you've people- changed, man. You've changed, man. Well, of course I've changed. <laughs> I'm an evolving, adaptive human being and my work is going to change too. Yeah. It's a, it's a silly notion to think that it wouldn't. That it wouldn't, or that you wouldn't be interested in different things and experimenting, especially for artists. Like- Art is a medium that we use to express ourselves, right? So when it comes down to it, why would you turn away from something that interests you in order to express yourself Mm -hmm. in a different way, right? Because just like words, there are limitations to words. When it comes to paintings, there are limitations to paintings. And Mm -hmm. what you could say, there are limitations to photography. There are limitations to sculpture, right? But as a body of work, 
You can say a lot. You could say a lot. And that's the thing too. And I, I do think this way. If I have a feeling and I'm going to manifest it in a physical way, I go for whatever medium is best suited. Sometimes it's poetry. Sometimes it's song. Sometimes it's in fabric. Sometimes it's in metal. Exactly. Exactly. Um, to me, it's what, and you've said that too, whatever medium best conveys what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Because if not, then you're just holding yourself back and trying to, trying to express yourself by forcing the medium. That's like, that's like trying to force a conversation when you don't have the words to say what it is that you want to say. Right. In those, in those situations, you'd want to paint it. Maybe you'd want to sing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do want to sculpt it. Whatever it is that comes to you that's going to express that in the way that you want to express it, that's what you use. The art of Tim Burton is brilliant for this at Extempore. If I ever get the chance to purchase similar themes, but all different mediums and some on napkins with crayons in hotels, because that's all he had on hand. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I, the same thing would go for Picasso. Picasso yeah. had a bunch of stuff. Basically, whatever you have. We have in in the suitcase, I've got a bunch of sketches that are done on napkins. I've got a bunch of mm -hmm. uh, drawings that are done on just regular paper or whatever it is that you have on hand that is going to allow you to capture that moment. And then you decide what it's going to be. What kind of sculpture are you, are you going to do? Mod Podge um, paper mache sculptures. I mean, it's... That's the thing. There's so many options for us to use. And to say that something is just a, that's one of the, it, it just, it's infuriating to me when people say, well, that's just a craft, mm -hmm. you know, and then they'll go into these deep philosophical reasons on why something is considered a craft and why whatever. And I'm like, you know what, just dig a little bit deeper. Why is it considered a craft versus just being art? I'm not sure I understand why craft got such a bad rap in the first place. Right. Um, and that's another end of that argument. Allie said, so true. I almost get a panicky feeling when I think I'll be doing the same type of art five years to come. <laughs> People and art cannot be stereotyped. No, no, we yep. can't. We can't be niched. We can't be niched. We can't be stereotyped. We can't be put in a box. We just can't. There's, there's no way to be able to live that way. Cassie said, I found that I need to allow myself to indulge my urge to go down the rabbit hole of whatever I'm interested in at the time. I still really enjoy uh, piano yeah. for now. Yeah, 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 absolutely, Cassie. I mean, that's what I, I love playing guitar, but I am definitely I definitely have my eyes set on a piano um, when it comes to music. I love painting in uh, acrylic. And I'm looking at mixing different mediums, mixing mediums myself and seeing what kind of weird concoctions mm -hmm. I come up with. Yeah. And I have ideas that can really only be conveyed in, like you mentioned, paper collage and paper yeah. mache. Some ideas I want to express couldn't be expressed in, in the jewelry format or even in the song format. It would be like a paper collage thing. And so that's how I'm going to go at it. Exactly. Um, exactly. Jin just said, tribalism has no place among artists. Indeed. Uh, read. Extempore said, I even put philosophical quotes and questions in my collage project. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. 
Esther said, I don't mind having different art mediums to put out there. I'm more concerned about the balance of working in different mediums in my own studio. I have a weird sort of guilt about whatever medium idea is not getting any attention in the right, moment. Okay, right. so yeah, like you back burner something and then some time goes by and you realize you're kind of sort of ignoring it and you feel like maybe you should. Like Esther mentioned, she's been having a really great time working in clay recently. Yep. And a part of her feels guilty for sort of neglecting the pastels, pastels and right. of what she's doing. And, um, you know, Esther, I feel you because obviously, you know, that we've shelved music for long periods of time where, you know, too much time goes by or things get put on the back burner. Um, I don't think that feeling guilty about it or beating yourself up for it is no, necessarily definitely the not. way to go. Definitely not. Because when it comes to creating, you do want to be following your bliss. You want to be following the, the inspiration, the inspiration. And, you know, in the future, there might be uh, portions where you're like mixing the clays with the pastels in some way, shape or form. But for right now, you're delving into this area and mm -hmm. you're finding a lot of joy in it. It doesn't mean that the pastels go away. Right. I could tell you right now, over the last 10 years, I've shifted between uh, mediums and none of them go away. They're always there. And then what ends up happening is that the things that I learn with the new mediums that I use gets it it just makes everything so much better when i go back to my old medium and you might find interesting ways to combine different mediums yeah. jenny said i've told this story before but i did a canvas with liquid paper and cra um crayons because that's what i had and someone bought it yeah yep. yeah um so you could so let's talk about the studio balance you could make a schedule for yourself, right? And you could say this day, this day, this day is going to be for this medium. And this day, this day is going to be for that medium. And you might find a balance there. I know for some people that that works and sometimes it works for me. Um, and other times it's, you know, music day and I don't want to do music and I'm inspired to do jewelry instead or vice versa. It might be a jewelry day and I feel like doing something else instead. And so that's where you kind of run into, okay, well, are you going to stick to the schedule or are you just going to go for what's got, what's got your interest yeah. in the moment? And honestly, whatever has your interest, that's where you want to be because if not, then you're, you're kind of forcing yourself to work on something. And that's where the guilt comes in, right? The guilt is like, well, you should be paying attention to this. You should be whatever, whatever the stick man is telling you, you should be doing this. You're having way too much fun. Yeah. You, you need to, you need to suffer through your work and do this thing that maybe you're not feeling like doing right now, because that's what it means to. And that's the thing, get rid of the guilt. Because as long as you're working and creating, a, working on art and creating something, then you're doing something. Yeah. And my question would be like, who's mad at you? Yeah. You know, we, we imagine that people are upset with us, these, these abstract, ambiguous, uh, nebulous mists that yep. are angry with us because we've put something on the shelf in favor of something else. But the truth is, no one's mad at you. No, no one, no one's no. disappointed in you for expressing yourself. You do what you way. want. You do what you want. Except if you are, but yeah. you know, that's self-imposed. So that's an inside job. Obviously. Zara says, I prefer oils. You know, it's interesting, Zara. It's, I, I don't know. For me, it's like, it doesn't matter. I, I don't even see them as it's not an, I prefer this or I prefer that over something else because you could say that about anything you'd be like well watercolor they're completely different mediums mm -hmm. and like they each have their their own merit there are things that you could do with acrylic that you just can't do with oil 
And there are things that you could do with oil that you just can't do with acrylic. And same thing with watercolor. So I don't know. It's not about preferring one or the other. I just, I, I think it's just mastering each. Well, I think that everyone has the right to prefer what they like to work in. Well, yeah. And we're not all required to work in every medium. I think it's when you start measuring mediums up against one, one another well, that's, and saying that's, that one is better, yeah. one is superior to another. And that's where semantics comes in yeah. because the word prefer to me means better than this. I would say, I but mean, I don't think that's how Zara. No, I don't think in my case, it would be like, well, I myself prefer to work in this. Um, it doesn't mean it's better. It right. just means it's best suited to what I'm doing. To what I like, what I like, what I like, watercolor, gouache, prints. Oh my, not to mention sound, art, photo, video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of it. All of it. The list is endless. It's like we don't even have enough lifetime to explore every medium that we want to. But exactly. They're going to catch us trying, aren't Ca- they? Yep. Cassie says, I've always caught myself because people tend to prefer realism, but I love drawing more cartoon. You know, Cassie, um, I don't think that it's that people uh, prefer realism. I think that a lot of people that don't that don't really follow art or look at art, and that's a lot of people... They, when they're looking at something that looks realistic to them, they think they think technical proficiency, technical proficiency, right? Like, wow, you that looks really real. Um, and that's that's a big drawing point. But when it comes down to it, what people like, you know, what they like when they're really, really invested in art and looking at different art, it could be anything. If because if people only really preferred realism abstract would have no place in the world. And the, the thing is that people prefer what they prefer. A lot of the perception is that realism, realism gets, I mean, because realism is awesome. Like when you're looking at something, you're like, Holy shit, you painted that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I don't have a preference for realism, but I think it's cool and I might buy a piece, but you know, I, I love abstracts and it's, it's weird. It's weird how it goes. I, I always try to stay away from, you know, because I don't want to be pigeonholed. I also don't want to pigeonhole the general public and be like, well, people tend to like this or people tend to like yeah. that. Cause it, it does. I remember back in the day, it put me in some, it put me in some places where I wasn't thinking straight. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of artists do that where they'll go out to the market. And they'll say things like, well, this, the people in this town don't like this kind of art. So I don't create that kind of art. And it's like, you can't speak for everyone. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't, people are all different and they all like different things. Sam said, try and pigeonhole Lori Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Yobi One. Extempor said, ideas would get stopped if, no, you can't do that thing. Have to follow where the creativity flows. Exactly. I have legitimately sometimes mourned the loss of what could have been created because I had an idea and I didn't do it. I didn't pursue it because I had something else going on. And, you know, some of those things can only be created when that inspiration hits. And I've also celebrated the existence of things that I did jump on and did create when that moment of inspiration hits. Yeah. Zara said, I probably have a dozen mediums I'm into and have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I love playing around with stuff. There's stuff that I play around with more. Watercolor is the bane of my existence, but I love it. And I want to I want to really learn how to use it. Um, so I keep trying, but I don't try as often as I would if I was a little bit more proficient at it, which is the irony of it. The more you do it, the better you get at it. 
but then a lot of times we stay away from it and we'll gravitate towards a medium that's easier for us to use. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, I like forcing myself to like work on something and only give myself the option to work in that medium just to To explore, really explore it. Yeah. Now let's touch on this again, right? Um, how do you put it out there? How do you promote it? How do you show it on a website when you're doing, let's say you're doing a dozen different things. Right. Um, and for us, you know, obviously if you look on our website, things are separated by category. Um, so if you just want to look at paintings, there's a place for you to visit. If you just want to look at jewelry, if you're looking for, you know, if you happen to be looking for a needle felt at a goggle, it's there in its own category. And again, uh, and I'm going to repeat this because the glue that binds it all together is you and your personality, even your mission statement, right? What yeah. what you're all about. Yeah. And so that actually, if you look at our website, the primary focus of our website is essentially here's who we are and here's what we're about. Oh, and here's our stuff. Yeah. If you're interested, but this is what we're putting out in the world. This is the message, just like earlier. I think it was Extempore that said the message was always the same. Lobster phone, Dolly. Yeah. Like the message is the same. Uh, and that's the thing. Dolly is his brand. Yeah. If you see a melting clock or you see a lobster phone, you think Dolly, mm-hmm. right? And then you have other artists that jump on that particular bandwagon because for a while there, Jeff Koons was doing the inflatable uh, lobsters. Mm. Where he was doing all the inflatables and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the same concept found art, you know, jumping on the lobster thing. But really, when you look at a lobster phone, you think Dolly. When you look at a melting clock, you think Dolly. Definitely. Um, so like, and that's because Dolly was his brand. He was the brand, not the art itself, but he was. And there were two totally, completely different things, two different me. I mean, you couldn't get further apart as far as mediums go. And that's how a lot of artists, um, their work was. I mean, uh, Picasso did ceramics. Yes. You know? Uh, and Sarah's mentioning Matisse paper cutouts. And yes, yeah. some people were bent out of shape uh, when Matisse began doing paper cutouts. Yeah. And now, but, now you have museums that are restoring construction yeah. paper. Um, as far as social media is concerned, uh, for the longest time, I was strictly only posting jewelry on my social media pages, primarily, primarily my Instagram account. And I was afraid to do anything else because I was trying to follow the rules. And then I just sort of dropped that because eventually um, I didn't want to only share the jewelry side that's, of what I do because gets, I'm a human. That's the reason that people get so burned out on social media because there's all these, you know, these supposed rules. And yeah. the problem is we go back to marketing, right? The, what the marketing mentors or marketing people tell you, you want to stay cohesive. You want to stay consistent. You want to stay this, you want to stay that. And really when it comes down to it, if you're your brand, we're humans, we're diverse creatures. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we're, we're not just one, one dimensional. We are multidimensional creatures and there is no way that you could just be real and just stick to one thing. Right. And so what ended up happening with me in social media was that I got bored and burned out. And then like on the Facebook end of things, I ended up opening three different accounts yeah. so that I could try to keep all those things separately. And two out of the three I don't use, they sit there dormant because I would prefer to just post everything that I'm about on the page that's called Cleangeli. Exactly. You know, so, and guess what? 
Not a single person was upset. No, nobody about cares. that. Nobody cares. Um, I didn't see any any negative backlash from doing that. Um, Linda said, "I work primarily in oil, but do acrylic and have attempted watercolor. I decided I wanted to acrylic pour painting since I already had the paint. A lot of people don't consider it art, but there are some pretty darn creative. Pour- yeah, you know the thing is, it's a technique." That's, Mm -hmm. that's what it is. It's not whether it's art or not art, it's a technique. And there's a lot of things that you could do to it. You could either just do the acrylic pour. You could basically do an acrylic pour on, on just about any surface. You could do an acrylic pour and augment the, the designs in a painting with, with other designs. Um, It's, it's just a technique and there is, there's no reason for anybody to say, well, that's not art. It, that's ridiculous because it's just it's just a painting technique. Hi, Robin. Robin's joining us for the first time. Hi, Got Robin. On Bean. Uh, Robin said, I paint on anything I can. Glass, sneakers, journals, canvas painting keeps it exciting all yes, the time. Yes, I love that. Love that too. Karen said, I use different mediums to express different thoughts and feelings. Some things are hard, pen and ink. Some things are soft, landscapes without buildings, watercolor, pastel, etc. I paint for myself and if they like it, great. And if they don't, I encourage them to buy someone else's art. <laughs> it's a win-win. Yes, Isn't Karen, that the I truth? I love that. I love that. Hank said, truth be told, I love the way oils feels. However, the I feel better than the arguments drives me. Oh, yeah. yeah. The arguments about it. Yeah. And then within the oil, there are disagreements. Uh, yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love oil. I think oil is amazing. But again, it's a different medium. it's just it's a different medium like it's one of the things that like i don't understand there shouldn't be a comparison it's like and one artist is not better than another artist it's just these are the mediums that you prefer like zara said like and there could be a multiple multitude of mediums and some people may just hate working with acrylics um i suck at doing watercolor i am amazing at watering down my acrylics. It's sure. it's it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but that's what gives me hope that I'll be able to master uh watercolor. Um it, I don't know. It's it and the thing is that none of it is better. It's just a different way of expressing yourself and a different way of applying the medium down. I think, you know, it's kind of like pastels. You can't you can't you can't do the comparison game. And say that one thing is better because then we fall into that trap of, well, this art is real art. Right. Right. If it's done in oils, then it's more expensive and it's it's better than if it's done in acrylic. Or if, if it's done in this medium, it's better than that medium. And I have to laugh at that because I'm like, I work in solid gold sometimes and I see <laughs> acrylic paintings selling for much more than my pieces that I've created in gold. Shroy said something interesting up there. All crafts are art, but not all art our crafts. I'm going to have to ponder that. I'm going to let that rattle around in the brain jar for a while and see Ooh, what Could you elaborate up. elaborate on that, Shroy? I'd love to hear yeah, uh, I would an elaboration too. on that. Hank said, I love to paraphrase Jerry Saltz. Any time of day, Hank. I love <laughs> yep. him too. Tell your own story in your own way. Be, Be yourself. yourself. I, I love me some Jerry Saltz, man. I yep. love his commentary and his perspectives on the art world. And I love that he's a humble human who doesn't take himself very seriously, even though he's a well-respected member of the art community, art world, art critic. Uh, Christine said, yes, I love hopping between mediums. I have always come away with something and it evolves the work 
in right? the next medium. I, I love that. I love that. Esther said, I guess I worry a little that I'm not developing my skills in the neglected medium, but it makes me feel better that Rafi said I will likely bring something extra to the other medium once yeah. I return. Yeah. And that's the thing, yeah. Esther, like just because you're walking away from it, it's not that you're neglecting your skills because essentially you're not walking away from it. You're, you're going to return. You're just taking a look at this. You're, you're just building the skills in the medium that you're working in. And yeah, every single medium, even clay has something to bring to the other mediums. Mm -hmm. Like every, everything that you do that is creative always adds to that. Um, the irony is I'm learning the hard way that sometimes it's important to step away from something because despite you not actually working on that medium, things do happen when you're still staying creative mm -hmm. that are going on in your brain that are assisting in the progression of that medium, you know, and yeah. that sounds really weird, but that's honestly like being able to walk away and focus on something else will help you with the mediums that you walk away from. It's the same as like, um, because within any medium, there are sub mediums, right? So it would be like niching yourself within your medium. Like if, if I, as a jewelry artist say, well, I'm not going to do any casting work or I'm not going to do any, um, soldering work. I'm, I'm, I primarily do wire work and that's what I'm going to do versus, experimenting and casting and experimenting and soldering and then finding ways to combine those and build the skill set. And I feel like working in multi-mediums works that way too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. It does. I know, Clee, these are- Who are these who weird are these art lawyers <laughs> criticizing our artwork? <laughs> uh, Robin said, I do mixed media abstract. I get frustrated when abstract is perceived as anybody could do. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, at this point, like, I don't care. I do abstract and I do figurative and I do, I don't know, whatever other label. I do what I want to do. It, like Zara said, I do what I, do what I, I want. want. Jason yeah. had said that earlier as yeah. well. I do, team, I do what I want. Uh -huh. For my art, looks like a photo is not a compliment, said yeah. Esther. Yeah. Why? Because you're expressing an emotion with your art. Yeah. Ginger said, Esther, yes. Every time I return to a medium, it's like the flame is rekindled for certain aspects of it and I'm ready to roll. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Now, here's something interesting and I wonder if anyone's exper experienced this as well. Recently, I found myself, we were making tweaks to the website and I found myself looking way, way, way back in my portfolio of archived work. And I have developed my skill set quite a bit in the jewelry realm over the years. But man, I couldn't help but notice that I was actually a little bit more freeform creative. A little more experimental. Back when I yeah. knew less. Yeah, some of the ideas I had were a little more impressive to me now than what I'm allowing myself to do now that I have all these skills. It's, right? one, of, it's one of the reasons that I say stay an amateur. Just just embrace being an amateur and understanding like it's always experimentation. And that's why I think that's why experimentation is so crucial. You get super proficient at something. You might find that you accidentally niche yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, Ella said, yes, I will sometimes bake something and I'm not a baker or chef, but I, if I exercise my brain in a different medium. In a medium, different medium. In, indeed. Indeed. Uh, Christine. Christine said... It's like playing music in a different genre or trying a different instrument. There is a fresh feel when going back to your main instrument. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. 
And that's how I made the pewter look patina for my stained glass. That's awesome, Jason. I love that. Yeah. So, um, oh, hey, Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Late, welcome. But now. Welcome. Yeah. Always be experimenting, I think. Always be experimenting. And, you know, Esther, I think, I think the only thing is the guilt, you know, mm -hmm. feeling guilty or feeling bad. First off, you don't, you don't want to bring guilt or bad feelings into the realm of your creativity. Uh, that's one thing that I would recommend, even if it is like, oh, I'm not working on this and I feel bad about it. I haven't had the chance to really work. I mean, I worked on art the other day, which was nice. And I've, uh, you know, and mm -hmm. I've, I've played around with stuff, but I haven't had the chance to like sit down and work on a painting. Now I've been extremely creative when it's come, when it's come to like doing stuff with the house and, and other things like that. Um, building different furniture that we need, or like even picking out and decorating a room and things. And all of these experiences are going to enhance the art when I go back to it. If I were to sit there and be like, oh, I haven't worked on art and like my life is falling apart because of it, or like I feel guilty because I haven't done that, which I've been guilty of feeling that way. I know that what it does is it adds a layer of molasses that you have to push through. That I have, I would have to push through in order to get back into my art because mm -hmm. then I'd feel like, I don't know, there'd be a negative vibe attached to it and there'd be, there'd be too many rules in my head. So that's one thing that I keep an eye on, like to make sure that I don't bring any negativity into, into my creative endeavors, whether I'm doing them or not, whether I walk away or not, that there's, there's nothing there that is bringing in guilt or anything like that. Yeah. So while my family was here a week ago, uh, we did some gardening. We did some yard work, very basic stuff. We planted some herbs and some boxes. We learned about what's growing in our yard. We spent some time with some flowers. And I absolutely believe that that helped me creatively. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Doing I mean, that was creative to be out there. And, you know, we planted sunflowers, by the way, you guys, yeah. the Sunflower House. So we're very excited about watching those come in. We didn't plan to, but, you know, moms come over and you never know what's going to yeah. happen. Samson said gardening is art. It yeah, absolutely is. Exactly. And I know that a lot of you guys, like, that's that's your way of, you know, and the, the truth is when it comes down to it, that's art in of itself is a way to express yourself. Yes, but it usually is very, very relaxing for us. It's, it's our escape mm -hmm. and gardening is an escape and, and playing music or writing music is an escape. Um, sitting down and writing in your journal or writing a story is an escape. And I think that that's, that's one of the things, obviously it just because it's an escape doesn't mean that it's easy. Sometimes, you know, we do run into the, the, the layers of like, ah, shit, blah, blah, mm -hmm. you know, like all that stuff that comes with it's creating part of the or, process. or gardening, you know, there was a lot of ah shits <laughs> while we were gardening or cooking or cooking. <laughs> um, but, but it's all stuff. If you enjoy it, then it, it's just, I don't know. It's, I'm going to say it in a weird way, but it's part of the natural order of things in your life. Oh yeah. I love know? that. I love the way you said that. I heard myself say this today in conversation with Rafi and I think I'm going to make a bold statement and just blanket apply it to the whole topic and just about anything that stresses a creative out. I think we really get too caught up in the opinions of others, whether it's the imagined opinions or actual opinions that other people have about right. what we should do. And when you lose yourself in opinions, um, we were talking about commissions as an example. 
And I was describing how if I don't, if I'm not vigilant with my vision for something, if I get too caught up in worrying about producing something that's going to please the other person, I can easily lose my creative vision for it. And I just to blanket apply that, I think that when we get too caught up worrying about how it's going to be perceived um, in the world, uh, then we start self-imposing that onto ourselves. Well, we get so we get caught up in worrying about what the response is going to be. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, like a lot of people, I know a lot of artists will argue up and down and say, I, I don't like taking commissions and I hate, you know, commissions are a nightmare and blah, blah. And honestly, in my, my perspective is this, if that's your experience, then you haven't laid out your own boundaries um, for the commissions. And because A, you shouldn't accept every commission that comes your way willy nilly. But if something does interest you, then you should you should definitely jump on that. And if it does interest you and you jump on it, understand that like you are still, this is a collaboration. You are still the one creating it. They chose you. And if they don't like it, it doesn't mean that the artwork isn't good. It just means that like they should have gone somewhere else to begin with. Right. They chose you. Yeah. And so it's, it's, of course we want to produce a, a, a piece of work that if it's commissioned that pleases the person that commissioned it, but, but not to lose yourself in that process. And I think when you're making any kind of creative decision, um, be look on the lookout for that. Don't lose yourself to the idea that thing, this thing is expected of me, or, um, you know, someone said, or I heard somewhere that, um, I shouldn't do this or that this might happen if I neglect this or, you know, cause it's all yeah. kind of, it's all kind of hearsay. <laughs> Karen said, truly commissions are a pressure, but ultimately I want the artist's vision, not mine. And that's, that's the truth. Yeah. And I, and I totally agree. And I feel the same Karen. And it's like, when you really are true to yourself in that way, um, most times you end up producing something for someone, like you said, Rafi, that they didn't even know the, the full scope of what they wanted, but now it's being presented to that's, them. That's, that it's, that's, it's even more vivid and richer and fuller than what they had in their head. That's why yeah. they're coming to you yes. because they're, they're going to have a limitation of what is possible. It is your job to create. If they came to you and they like your art, and that's one of the things, the first thing I do is when somebody wants a commission from me and they don't know who I am, I tell them, I need you to look at my art, go through my art, Mm -hmm. and see if you like what I create. Yeah. Because I only know how to create in one style, and that is my style. Yep. If you think that artists just create all willy-nilly or you want something that is by someone else then I will definitely send you to that person. But I create what I create. And this is, so that's where, that's my approach with, with commission. So like, I'm never concerned about getting it wrong because basically at this, the commissions that I take on are the ones where they're like, I came to you for a reason you're hired to you're do you. You're hired to do you. Yes. Um, yes. Totally. And, and that's where that's where it's like if you're if you are stressed out about commissions or or anything, and we just totally got off topic. But <laughs> yeah. if you are stressed out about commissions, it's because you haven't set your own boundaries. And commissions are a great great way to 
push yourself outside, you know, in, 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 on, on, with our rogue family, we have the collab lab, right? Where we set three parameters and people challenge themselves to do something. When you're looking at a commission that you would enjoy doing as a challenge, right? And take away the pressure of getting it right. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get it right for yourself. So there is a modicum of pressure there. But if you add that pressure of getting it right for the other person, right? Like you have no idea what's going on in their head. You have no idea what what getting it right means to them. The only thing you could really, really do is make it awesome for yourself and then present it to that person. And I think these two topics are really intertwined because I think the message here is like, you got to build the muscle of, uh, as an artist, your job is to do you. Like that's your job. That's what you do. Yeah. And, And to build that muscle and to not worry so much about the reception, the perception yeah. or the reception of it. Zara had said something earlier and I want to, I want to repeat it. She had said, um, you know, basically when it comes down to it, the biggest work of art that we create is our life. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you think about the different mediums and the different expressions that we have for putting ourselves out there, ultimately our entire body of work, whether it sells and you have access to it or you don't have access to it. Our entire body of work is a reflection of our life and our willingness to experiment, evolve, grow. Mm -hmm. So if there is any point or any part of you that is too concerned about what, what the neighbors would think, right. Or what the art critics think, or, well, this person has a degree in art or this person has been doing this for 30 years. So like they're respected in the art community and they're telling me that I should do it this way. If those kind of opinions matter to you, then it's going to be a struggle, you know, and I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say that somebody that has 10 years or 30 years or 40 years or 50 years experience in art, they have their experience and that's great. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what they are going to be saying or what they're going to be, you know, even us, it's our opinion. And either you relate to the opinion and you agree or you don't agree, you know, and like and that's it it doesn't make it more important. I think that's what I'm trying to say here. And it definitely doesn't make it so important that you have to deviate from what you want to do with your creations and your life in order to comply with something that maybe you don't necessarily agree with, but you think, oh, well, this person knows what they're talking about because they've been doing this way longer than I have. I, I really seriously think that when it comes to your life and the canvas of life, the art that we create and the art that we're willing to create and the boundaries that we're willing to push are almost like a microchasm of that huge expanse of our life. So when I look at that and I look at the amount of different creations, different mediums that I've worked in in my life, and I look back at these pictures, I can see the journey that I was taking not only in my creativity, but in my life as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautifully said. Uh, Extempor is like, I've had commissions think that I can create anything. It's nice that they believe in my skill. However, I cannot create a frog to look like it's a hologram coming off the canvas. Sorry. (laughs) You know, I feel you on that. 
Um, and in a way, it's like, oh, I'm flattered that you think I can do literally anything. And that's where you have to get good at the, you know, saying no. Yeah. And the truth is that I have to say no to probably 50% of commission requests that Hank come in. Hank has to run. Bye, Hank. Bye, Hank. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, whatever. A large percentage of requests that come in, I have to say no, either because it's not what I do or um, or I don't have the time, you know, based on their time frame or whatever. Um, and it, it's always going to be a little like hard to say no. I still struggle with it, but, but, you know, it's better that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly says, I think getting on the same page with whom wants to commission would be very, oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Would be very helpful. Um, basically whenever I take on a commission, Kelly, I ask them all kinds of questions and all the questions have to do with feeling. Like, yep. okay, so what, what color, what color, what, what's the predominant color? What does that color mean to you? Why do you want this image in there? What does this mean to you? What is this, you know, just so that I get a full scope of what the P, what the, what the artwork is going to mean. And that way I could really wrap my mind around creating it because essentially the artwork is going to engage the person in a feeling and so I want to engage myself in that feeling from my perspective. And usually I find, I mean, I honestly, I have, I don't think I've ever had someone not like my commissions, you know, and, and if anything, it, I've had more experiences where it's blown them away because it's more than what they expected. Mm -hmm. And that's due to what Kelly said there, where it's like really, getting on that same page. But for me, it's going a step further and saying, what are the feelings here? Why, why am I creating this? Right? Why does this person want this? And that's usually where I, I go the very emotional route. Oh yeah. I, I wanted to see what Karen had said. Uh, that's good. Clean. My job is to build my own art muscle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Build those muscles. Just like we, we build all the other muscles. Uh, Jin just said, pow, right in the feel. <laughs> Allie said, somebody didn't like the purple I used in a portrait of a black lab. They wanted me to do a pet portrait less enhanced. I told them to take a picture. I said my thoughts out loud. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. Less enhanced is what they said. Okay. Okay. Apparently, yeah. they don't understand how... Uh, yeah. How black works when you're when you're painting and why why you need to quote unquote enhance the piece in order for it not to look like just, you know, yeah, a black ink drawing. Sam said did a huge stained glass triptych for friends. Husband was worried about it being too feminine, so changed colors to autumn colors. And then they hated the reds in it. <laughs> not a commissioner anymore. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's one of the reasons like I just I create what I create. And honestly, when it comes down to it, I create what I create. And at the end of the day, if they don't like it, well, then you pick the wrong person. And I am very, very, very communicative when I talk to them about what the artwork mm -hmm. is going to be. Because I, part of the experience for anybody that's commissioned me is to understand that they get to walk through the process, right? So I love taking, I don't know what I would call it, noobs, you know, art noobs, 
through the process yeah, totally. of creation of like why it is that I'm creating this and the reasoning behind it. Well, that's sort of our duty too, is to like educate the, <laughs> now I can't think of another word besides noobs, but like, here's how the commission process works yeah. on your end as I, the person commissioning it. Here's how this sh- should go so that everyone gets what they want. Right? I think I think it's really <laughs> difficult though, when you're working on something like, you know, when you're doing like a pet portrait, for example, yeah, yeah. right? And the thing about it is like, for me, that's, that's where it's like, you really, Allie, you really want to set those boundaries down. Boom. These, here's an example of my work. This is what I do. This is how I work. You know, this is what it's going to be. And as far as like with Samson, like, you know, when you're doing triptychs for friends, Oh man. Oh, yeah. when you're doing anything for friends, you got to really, that's where you really got to lay down those boundaries and be like, this is what you're going to get. Sometimes. You know? Yeah. Sometimes that's especially. No, I would some- do it every time because sometimes people are like, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. And then sometimes people are like, well, and then, you know, at that point, <laughs> well, this friend is definitely not going to get. <laughs> the minute you hear. Ah. <laughs> it's like, no. Um. Esther, I hope that some of this, I know we covered a lot of yeah. ground, like a lot of ground here. Um, I hope that some of this was helpful. And for anyone that's here with us uh, or listening to the recorded version, I hope that some of this was was helpful in sorting it out. Yeah, Esther, because, you know, th- the thing is, Esther, like you are, you are a creative badass. So like, I know that you working on this, and, you know, maybe temporarily, like just stepping away from the pastels for a little while. I know that that's, that's inspired. Um, and you are so excited about working on these things. So I'm like, don't, don't kill that momentum by feeling guilty about not working on pastels because you want to keep that momentum alive because eventually that momentum just leads right back to the pastels or something else completely. And it just, it's circular. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not a straight line that we go in. We're we're circular. Kirkman said, right now, commissions are what bring me money, but I want to get to the point of having people come to me for my specific design. I feel you, Kirkman. Yep. Sometimes the time and stress doing something new every time makes life no fun. I want a balance between commissions and originals. Yep. We all want to strike that balance, most definitely. Commissions push us in a lot of good ways, but if that's all it is, we also want people to come because they appreciate something that we just gave birth to, yeah. right? That we just created. I'm always striving for that balance too. Um, and, and that's a great goal to be working towards. I mean, that's one of the things when you are getting commissions and it's bringing in the money, but you're getting to the point where you don't have enough time to create um, your own stuff. That's where you're, the demand is up. So your prices need to go up. And you want your prices to go up as long as the demand is up because then it will free up your time and pay for you to be able to experiment and do your own thing. And that's, I'm speaking from experience because that's a -hmm. lot of the stuff that I started with. um, You know, a lot of it was commissions. A lot of it was originals, but there came a point where I did have to walk away from doing commissions and really raise my prices up for that. Uh, in order to give myself more time to be able to work on other things. Ginger said, one thing I say very often at work is I'm not a wizard, even though you secretly are. 
You really are. I can't just magically do that impossible thing you want. Um, also, I am made of stubborn, not magic. <laughs> Tina said, instead of arguing, I paint her cat all black just to shut her up and move on. But I wasn't happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Jason had said to uh, Allie's story, I would have just painted a black shadow, black shadow. Here you go. Black shadow. Um, Esther, Esther said, said, thanks so much, guys. I was pretty sure this would be your answer, but I feel better thinking that my pastels will be improved because of clay and my clay will be improved because of pastels. Indeed, indeed. And all will be improved because you are following your joy. And you right? are a magical unicorn, Esther. Yes. It's It's going to improve because of pastel. It's going to improve because of the clay. It's going to improve because of your music. It's just going to improve because you you have a divergent creative brain and you're going to constantly be working on something creative in there and out there. As long as it's in there and out there, um, the creative juices are flowing. Absolutely. And Esther, I loved, you know, you said this a long time ago, but it stuck with me. You said there are galaxies within me. I I hope I didn't yes. misquote you there because it stuck with me. And that's exactly right. And, and, when you are someone that has galaxies within you, you you can't limit yourself in that way. Galaxies are not just clay and they're not just pastel. Yep. They are all of the things. And whichever way you're drawn to, it's got to be good. It's got to be a beautiful a beautiful journey that you're taking yourself on. Indeed. Yes, galaxies, yes, galaxies within, me. within me. I think that that brings this podcast to a conclusion. Yes, it does. Would you agree? I mean, we didn't even really cover craft versus art that much. But um, I honestly, I don't even... I really don't differentiate the two. And again, I'll just say I don't understand where craft got a bad rap in the first place. It does. So. It do, it's, it's all it's all art. It's all art. And whether something is considered a craft because it's made by a craftsman, you know, and that's the, the typical that's name. Awesome too. That's fine. That's awesome. But when it comes down to it, like it's all art and. You know, I don't know. It's just a it's a ridiculous argument. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future discussion, oh, too. We will. <laughs> we will indeed. Until the day that the argument ceases to be, yeah. there will be podcasts indeed. about said subject. Indeed. So at this point, I would say when you work in different mediums, if I were to say anything at the very end and you want to balance, promote and label your art and put yourself out there. Just put yourself out there and remember that you, you ultimately are your brand. What mm -hmm. you create and the things that you create and how you create them and when you create them, that's all part of you. That's all part of your journey in life. And ultimately, it's all about you. And that's it. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's all about you. And so that makes it really simple. Your job is to do you. Yep. Your job is to express you. Indeed. And, and to evolve and to allow the evolution to unfold. Exactly. So with that being said, we're going to sign off now. And thank you all so much for being here. The Rogue family, you guys are amazing. Always love having these conversations with you. And for anybody that's listening to this, thank you so much for listening. You guys have no idea how much it means to us that we actually have people from around the world listening to these two goofy artists sitting in their house mm -hmm. talking about art and talking about different subjects. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios.